You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the mailbag edition. It's back. We survived the first week of free agency. We survived the first week of the quarantine. And uh, we're going to answer all the questions that you guys have for us here to help me answer those. Find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, how is uh, the social distancing going for you, my friend? I mean, it's been pretty easy for me. We moved out, got a new house. We got a little bit of space now. So we have just been, you know, home improvementing projects, outdoorsy things this entire time. It's been nice out. The issue is these next three days supposed to rain all day. Just this quarantine locked inside for three days straight. It's going to be wild. But at least I had free agency to keep my mind busy and all that <laughs> sweet, sweet chief's activity. Isn't that right, Craig? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not great. Um, <laughs> what, what? The Chiefs did not make basically any moves. Uh, What's they the made Antonio a couple Hamilton moves. slander? Hey, Antonio Hamilton is the best athlete that the Chiefs have had at cornerback on this roster since David Amerson, you guys. Wow. That I know how'd that one go? I know that's... I know that sounds weird, but David Amerson was weirdly a freaky good athlete. So anyway, yeah, it's going great. Ready to give you guys a little bit more escape from your day, especially if you're having to deal with coronavirus, if you're having to go to work, if you're doing all that, stay safe, stay healthy, do everything you can because yeah, there's lots of us out here that are still having to go to work and do all that. Just yeah, do everything you can, guys. Be kind. Uh, if uh, if you're looking for something to help you pass the time, the uh, the draft might be a good outlet for you. It's in a month from today. It's on April 23rd. We are about done with the KC draft guy. We are you know finishing up the writing portion of it. We've got the editing. We've got the the compilation, all that stuff. After that, so there's still some process that we had to get through, but. If you go to gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020, promo code LIV, L-I-V, uh, you'll, get the gu- you'll get the guide for $8.54. And I am, this thing's going to be wild. I'm so excited. Um, I got the quarterbacks, I got the running backs done. Uh, I know you guys have got several positions, and I think you got the corners done, Craig, right? Yep, corners and linebackers are done. Yeah, and tackles and other posi- like we've got we've got almost everything done. So promo code LIV at gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020. That'll get you the guide for 854. All right, let's answer some five star reviews real quick. Wanted to shout out some people that didn't really have questions but just made some comments and, and left reviews. Philly Chief 7834, uh, 25EH, MN Chief. Uh, just Shout out to you. Thanks for the five-star review. Just so you know, we don't control the advertisements in any way, shape, or form. Sorry uh, if someone was, you know, slamming the farming industry. I I apologize for that. Um, 
Cross Break It 07 asks, uh, how long until Craig the Renaissance Man Stout, a.k.a. Hollywood Hop, a.k.a. Barley Stunna, creates a cure for the coronavirus in his basement? I assume he's already started working on one and is further along than most hospitals. <laughs> what a way to start the show. Uh, Craig, how's that going? That's not going great, guys. <laughs> if, if you're counting on me, we are uh, screwed. <laughs> I like how I like this. You can tell this is an OG listener because we got Barley Stunna in here. We got uh, Hollywood Hop in here. That's from like last uh, summer. That's amazing. Uh, Casey in the Springs asks, thank you guys for keeping us updated and offering great content and opinions. Thank you. Um, he saw... Okay, I saw where... Uh, Cheetah challenged Mahomes and others to donate meals. The way his teammates respond brought tears to my eyes. I don't see this type of brotherhood with other teams. Do you guys believe this is what makes KC a special place to play? I definitely think that that's part of it. There are other teams that are doing things for their communities. That's great. But it definitely seems like Kansas City and the players are really stepping up in a big way. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, even our own buddy BJ Kissel helped formulate something with Jack Stack to help feed some nurses. It just seems like it's a different level of community for certain involving this team. It's great to see. I think you see guys like Sammy Watkins that don't want to be in these bigger cities would rather have this tight-knit community, this group of guys that understand and kind of have a genuine love for each other. It makes them a more appealing destination for some guys. Uh, We should probably go ahead and just plug what BJ's doing. He is helping feed um, nurses, doctors, hospital staff across uh, the metro Hashtag feed it forward. Go to bkissel7 on Twitter. He's got a link to his GoFundMe. Uh, and they're doing phenomenal work. I think they're already... They're at 22000 They're almost up to $23,000 as we are recording this. So go out. Go go to bkissel7 on Twitter. Uh, donate what you can. Uh, what a cool cause. Uh, shout out, BJ. That's pretty dope. Uh, somewhat Jolly Roger asks, I'm liking Matt's idea of a three-headed safety monster of Juan, Badger, and Delpit slash McKinney. If the Chiefs were to go this route and grab a safety in the first round, how would they change their approach in free agency and the draft? Also, do you think this is the best way to build a defense? Thanks for the great pod, Roger. Well, right now, I'm not 100% sure what I can say the Chiefs' plan is in free agency or their approaches in free agency in the draft. I think they have a fair amount of holes that they have not been able to really add any bodies to yet. And there's still plenty of time. And there's still guys. I mean, you have Logan Ryan, Bashad Breeland still out there. There's some pass rushers. The line mark, the linebacker market kind of dried up. But there's moves out there. I just don't know what their approach is right now. So I don't think drafting a safety in the round one really changes a whole lot. The issue the Chiefs are going to run into is that they're going to have to draft for a need a little bit unless moves start coming in. And I don't know if safety is a huge need, although I think they could improve the team that way. And for me, when I kind of thought of this, it was just safety, The Del- Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney, those guys were the best players available at 32 a lot of times. So I just started wondering what would happen if you could do it, thinking back over the way this defense ran with all the disguised coverages, trying to lock down the middle of the field. Make quarterbacks throw outside. Yeah, your two cornerbacks of Breland and Ward or Ward and Fenton may not be great or even particularly good, but when a quarterback can only throw outside, that makes it a lot easier for everybody else, including those cornerbacks. It was just an idea, and it's something that like I still think holds a little bit of credibility. 
I would be interested to see if the Chiefs would do it if that time came. Yeah, I, and I like Delpit a lot, especially in a split safety looks. Like he's he's ball hawk, and his angles back there are great. Opposite Juan Thornhill, that would be awesome with Badger in the slot. But you get me really, really interested if Xavier McKinney's there because Xavier McKinney can play in the box. They used him as a will linebacker at Alabama a lot. Well, a lot. They used him there for several games, and he looked good. He helped set the fronts. When Dylan Moses went out for Alabama, Xavier McKinney was trusted to organize Nick Saban's defense. Nick Saban's defense is complex. Nick Saban's defense has a lot of moving parts and a lot of different reads that you've got to make. Xavier McKinney adds another smart guy to that secondary. I am all for him coming in. He can play, you know, deep safety. He can play in the box, particularly, especially in sub packages. I just love him on this team. Yeah, becoming more dynamic in the middle of the field is never a bad thing. And, you know, I do think I 100%, you know, we've talked about this a lot. It, it does help those corners a ton to have the kind of safety play that they've had to this point, especially if those corners are playing from a press technique because, uh, you know, it's hard. There's the short intermediate or the short stuff isn't as easily accessible. Uh, you're given your, your front time to get home. And obviously they were able to do it for the entirety of a season. Um, I really like Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit as players. Um, and they really could be good value. Honestly, the, the funny thing about where the Chiefs draft is at, much to the to Maddie's dismay, is they could really go like six different positions. And I, w- I would 100% get it. Um, this is just a, it's a weird time. They've got limited draft capital. They've got limited cash. They've got big decisions to make as we sit right here. Obviously, I'm sure we're going to get some more resolution on some of these situations before then. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a wild time. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the Twitter question. Steve Gray Jr. asks, what do you make of the fact of the, uh, the fact that many of the cap casualties that we expected Sammy Watkins LDT haven't happened yet. Still trying to trade them, planning to keep more than we expected. Something else. Uh, me, Matt, me and Maddie basically just spent like 45 minutes trying to understand it. And I'm I'm the one like I like Maddie wants to act and I get that I'm just the one like I'm just trying to understand why like I just want to understand because I don't totally get it I don't know if there's a strategic reason that they're doing this that they're holding on to all these guys I don't know if they're trying to keep all of them like honestly I think that to this point like El Laurent Duarte Tardif is just kind of a media opinion right now. I don't know if we've really seen anybody say definitively that Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is on the block even. Besides his play. Besides his play. Um, I mean, but if Anthony Hitchens' if Anthony Hitchens' play was on the block, he'd be gone by now, but the team loves him. Um, it doesn't make sense. There's, there, there's really not a lot of logic to it, and it really leaves a lot of confusion about where this team is, is currently going. Um, I don't understand it at all. I'm struggling to understand it as well. I don't get why they're still... Okay, no, I take that back. I understand why they're still here. LDT, Sammy Watkins, if you're going to move on from them, you're going to try to trade them. The Chiefs, Brett Veach's MO with these guys is to hold on to them and to exhaust every last possible outlet to do it. If the goal is to get rid of them, that's what they're doing. They're not going to trade them until they have gotten the best offer that they think they can get. They won't cut them until they feel like they absolutely have to. I think if the Chiefs had found a bigger name free agent that needed a little bit more money, 
Ben Hamilton or Mike Rimmers needed, then they probably would have gotten rid of LDT or Sammy Watkins or figured out a way to make money using those guys. They haven't landed a free agent of that caliber yet. They haven't landed a guy that demands a real contract. So therefore, they've just kept on to him. Now, I would like to see him free up the guy, the, play, the space and get I make that move immediately and not have to make a corresponding move. I would like them to be a little bit more aggressive filling some of these holes leading up to the draft. But I would assume that's what they're doing. They're trying to exhaust every option. Yeah, that's that's what I think is the case as well. I think I said this on the live stream that we did last week that the Chiefs are probably going to hang on to these guys until they absolutely have to cut them on the off chance that there is a team that misses out on a guard or a wide receiver in free agency. Now, again, the draft is coming up, but maybe they want that veteran presence in their room and they're willing to give up an asset for them, a late asset. I'm not talking about a big one, but a late asset. And so the Chiefs may be able to dangle one of these players in front of a team, get them to commit, give a day three pick that then maybe they can use use to turn around and get another asset but basically hang on to them until you absolutely have to get rid of them i don't think there's really any there's not really any dates currently that are are holding their feet to the fire either i think if they had to have resolution at certain dates they probably would have by now but it is it's confusing it's it's a little annoying but it is what it is it's the nature of the business jayhawk 1108 asks keep trade cut Anthony Hitchens, Charvarius Ward, or Eric Fisher? I think that I would trade Eric Fisher because I can get the most value back from him right now, being a left tackle in the NFL. I would keep Charvarius Ward just because we have only two corners that have ever played in the NFL on the roster. I don't think you could go down to just one of them, and that unfortunately would mean I cut Anthony Hitchens, who I think has probably struggled the most on the field, even though his leadership, I think, would be missed, maybe it would force the Chiefs into playing or going after a real linebacker at some point in time. <laughs> Matty stole my Hitchens take because I was going to say, you need a guy that can organize the fronts. That's exactly what I would do as well for the exact same reasons. Ditto. Sweep it. The Clan McLean asks if you could enjoy a barbecue meal with any living Chiefs player, past or present, who would it be and what would you eat? I would eat a jumbo Z-Man on Texas toast with KC's Texas toast, Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Craig? Uh, DJ and I are going to Q39 and we're just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and drink their their beer and yeah, it's going to be great. I think that I would go eat. See, you guys did it wrong because you got to go eat with an offensive lineman. Like, you can't go eat and not have it be with an offensive lineman. I think I would go find me Will Shields. Yeah, Will Shields would be a fun one. And we would just have him take me to wherever his favorite barbecue place is. And we would just chow down for a long time. Uh, He definitely eats carbs, just so you know. Uh, Okay. KC2429 asks, who is a surprise player you can see dropping in the draft? Let's say drop around or around and a half compared to where you have them going. Oh, man, this is a great question. I'd, I'd skip this one when I was scanning it. So let me think for just a second here. I think Grant Delpit might be a guy that falls a little bit. Uh, he was very dinged up 
in 2019 and frankly his tape was not particularly good he wasn't the player that he was in 2018 so if his medicals if there are teams that have questions about his medicals maybe there was something going on a little bit with him and his commitment to the game might be questioned a little bit that might have him fall as well you could see one of those situations kind of like a Juan Thornhill where the guy just fell because teams had a couple questions and they prioritized some other positions other than safety early. And so he ends up maybe at the bottom of round two, not saying that Delpit will, but I, I could see a path towards that. So this is difficult for me. I think if we're going to go by the consensus, I actually think Brandon Ayuk has a good chance to fall towards the end of the second round. And I think you see him in the first round of a lot of national media mocks right now. I think he kind of got the the senior bowl glow up because he was just very fun prospect that was there. And that's kind of rare for a wide receiver. I think it's come back down since like, I would be surprised if Brandon Ayuk still goes in the top 32 picks. I would be less than surprised if he went in the near the 60s so he's a guy that i think would has a good chance to fall from like where the national media has him right now the more i do this the more i think some people just kind of have almost a gentleman's agreement to refrain from pushing someone down the board too early because they need to keep conversations and narratives going i've heard some scary stuff about terrell lewis and his medicals and yet i still see terrell lewis very high in this draft in the top 50. Um, I would not be stunned if Terrell Lewis falls to day three. And I'm sure some point in April, there were, people are going to have to start having the conversation about that. Maybe it's one of those things that they wind up talking about on day three of the draft where they pull Rappaport onto the screen and like, well, here's what's happening with Terrell Lewis. But I think there's some medicals with Terrell Lewis Lewis's that are kind of scary based on some of the stuff that I've heard to this point. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. And then we will be back with more of your questions right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, we're continuing our mailbag. We're answering questions from Twitter. The layman's terms asks, you are stuck with one member of another chief site in quarantine. Who is it and how do you spend your time? Oh, man. I thought this said Chiefs player initially, and I was going to load up with Sammy Watkins, and I was just going to have him explain his tweets to me. <laughs> but um, another Chiefs site, my goodness. Uh, I'll hang out with Nate Taylor. He and I could talk some Dang ball. it. I was taking Nate. That's my guy. Okay, sorry. Well... <laughs> Conveniently, Chiefs.com is in fact a chief site. Uh, and the mothership, I am going to hang out with a good pal, BJ Kissel, <laughs> and we are going to load up Jack Stack Barbecue and take it to our great healthcare workers. And then we'll talk some ball, get some inside chief scoops afterwards. But, you know, first we'll deliver some <laughs> that, is, that is the maddiest answer ever, and I'm mad that I didn't think about it. Craig, I 100% thought, if you weren't surprised, then, then that probably 
that might have happened. I have a good one anyway. I, I I was thinking Nate, but the other one, I've got a very other very obvious one. Me and Matt Derrick are finally going to record our Hollow Notes fan yeah, podcast. Hold on, I've got the name. I can't go for Matt, which is I can't go for that. Hollow Notes joke. Okay. All right. She- Wait, you hear that? There is one and a half people clapping off in the distance. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say no one's gonna, no one's gonna, no one's gonna get that one. That's okay. Chief Boy RDG asks if you could trade one player on the Chiefs not ta- named Chris Jones or Sammy Watkins for an equal value player, regardless of position, who would it be for? I like this question. It's interesting. All right. So I have to pick who I'm trading my player for. Into it, say, okay, well, I'm trading LDT because I just don't think he's long for this team. I don't know what an equal value player for LDT is, but I do think at this point in time, we could use an LDT caliber linebacker because, quite frankly, we don't have any. He's better. Instantly better. Yeah. Um, I'd probably trade Hitchens. Just uh, the equal value I'm treating it as a contract value. And (laughs) Anthony Hitchens, frankly, gets pretty expensive over the next two years. So I'm going to trade Anthony Hitchens for one of the linebackers. I'll trade him for Corey Littleton right then and there and and get better in coverage with my linebacking core. Um, So we can't do Sammy or we can't do Chris Jones. Um, I am going to trade... Can I just trade LDT too? Is that okay? I just think like honestly, even like it, I, this is a lame answer, but like I, I would just trade like an LDT level cornerback. Just add some depth, be just fine by me. Uh, Captain Denny asks, "What would the scouting report on you say?" Okay, this is this is good. Um, major medical red flag because I have. Serious arthritis. <laughs> um, I'll just pretend to be vain for a second. Great hair. Um, <laughs> good team guy. Uh, that's it. Uh, oh, sub eight, sub eight point zero eight three cone. Old, broken, uh, bad at everything. Yeah, that that's my scouting report. <laughs> Maddie's has something to do with all of the lifting that he does. We should have done him for each other. Nope. Like that nope, would have been better. Nope. Nope. nope no, it wouldn't. We no. absolutely <laughs> should have. But mine would definitely say fits in well with the Northwestern strength and conditioning coach who runs out into every pregame show shirtless. <laughs> and then right below that, it will say not an NFL athlete. Does not wear sleeves ever. <laughs> Uh, well, hence why I'm sunburned right now. Yeah. Congratulations for seeing the sun today, Maddie. Good for you, buddy. Uh, JP Wolf asks, who would you rather draft at 32? Yesterday. Who would you rather draft at 32? Linebacker Kenneth Murray or convert convert defensive end Zach Bond? And would you take either of those guys over a secondary player like AJ Terrell or Grant Delpit? Oh, this is such a tricky question because I think if Zach Bond completes the transition to off-ball linebacker, I really like what he brings in his coverage ability more than I like what Kenneth Murray brings right now as a run defender. I've just seen a lot more from Zach Bond as a player in coverage than I've seen from Kenneth Murray, which is weird seeing Zach Bond did play as an edge defender. 
So I might lean Zach Bond here at 32 specifically for the Chiefs because I do think he's going to, if he develops the way I think he can, he'll fit better as the weak side linebacker. Although for me, I think I'd take Grant Delpit over him still. I think the Grant Delpit pick would be a lot of fun in the second year. That's a lot of playmaking ability. I'd use three safeties that are almost always on the field. Tackling may be a bit of an issue with those three safeties up the middle, but I think you get by with it because you are going to come away with turnovers with Delpit, Thornhill, and Matthew. All right. So here's the next question. Uh, Brandon422 asks, Chiefs only have one pick this year in the draft. Who would it be? Uh, each play, each pick someone different, please. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, guys. I looked, and I just I looked in to see if the Chiefs gave up all of their picks in this draft, all five picks they have in this draft, it would be roughly okay. the value of the 14th pick in the draft. Okay? So I'm going to cheat a little bit. Basically... At pick 14, more or less, that's basically the same value as their entire draft. If they traded all those up to pick 14, who are they taking? Uh, I'm going with Patrick Queen. Uh, it's easy for me. You take Patrick Queen, you take the linebacker, you get significantly better at will, you're a better coverage player. All of that is exactly what I want. I'm hoping that Patrick Queen falls far enough for the Chiefs to take him. I'm just going to take him at 14. For me, I think that I would take. I don't. I'm gonna go with CD Lamb. CD Lamb, wide receiver. We're just gonna we're just gonna play it out. Okay, I think I because we have Jeff Gladney pretty high right now. I think I'd go Jeff Gladney. Let's just go ahead and go Jeff Gladney. Pick 14. That's roughly around where he's at in the draft get anyway. So if you if the Chiefs wind up getting him at 32, which I think is in the realm of possibility, I'm going to be thrilled. Uh, okay, Samuel L. asks, how could T. Higgins be in this offense, Maddie? Well, if you asked me before his pro day, I would have said pretty darn good. Um, his pro day was concerning for me. He had he ran the mid-4-5s, which I don't think was terrible, although I do think he was had a, showed a little bit more vertical speed on the field than that, so that was slightly concerning. His lack of explosiveness was a problem. That said, Higgins, I like his releases off the line of scrimmage. I like his size, his ability to play the ball in the air. I do think that he could have a good role in this offense. I just don't think he's the type of wide receiver that Andy Reid is going to be particularly interested in. He does not fit really anything that the Chiefs or that Andy Reid usually likes out of his wide receivers. And I think that athletic profile is just a big risk to say that he's just not going to be able to create separation consistently in the NFL. Maui OI asks, given what San Francisco got for DeForest Buckner, what is Chris Jones market looking like? Okay, so we've had this question a little bit in some way, shape or form the last week and I get why, but we thought we would just go ahead and kind of maybe rehash a little bit for some people and just shed light on it again, just to make sure that there's some clarity from some people out there. Um, the Chiefs have the non-exclusive franchise tag on Chris Jones. So they are able to get feelers on his market. I don't know how great Chris Jones market is just because it seems very quiet on that front. And I don't know if he's able to get the same kind of compensation that he was thinking he was going to get. The situation with DeForest Buckner dropped a nuclear bomb into the situation because now Chris's valuation of himself is going to be over $21 million and rightfully so. 
the Colts gave up the 13th pick. If you had told me a, a month ago that the Chiefs would get the 13th pick for Chris Jones, I would have lost my mind because that's a fantastic value for him. Um, so I think the whole situation is completely messed up and it's going to be really difficult for them to na- navigate. And there's going to be fans uh, that are going... There's like Let me just say broadly, I think there's going to be something that surprises people about the Chris Jones situation, whether it's contract, whether it's like the, the actual APUI on the contract, whether it's how much or how little the Chiefs get for him. Like That's my guess, is that's where it's heading. There's going to be a surprise element to this, whether it's the the, the APY or the, the, the amount of draft capital that she's get for him. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones is going to want more than DeForest Buckner got. I think we know that the Chiefs aren't interested in paying him that much. They put the tag on him immediately. Uh, there's reports out that both sides are frustrated. We all heard Chris Jones's comments after the tag was placed on him, literally hours after the tag was placed on him or reportedly placed on him. So we know that those two sides are far apart. I don't think the Chiefs are going to come up there. And Chris Jones, frankly, shouldn't come down to the point where the Chiefs number is going to be. So in that regard, if they are going to trade him, then the other part of that is, I want the 14th overall pick in the draft from Tampa Bay. That would be great. I would love to have that. I don't see another team giving up that much, regardless of if Chris Jones is perceived as a better player than DeForest Buckner. Teams value complete players. Teams value guys that are going to play against the run and the pass. Well, DeForest Buckner does that. He's very assignment sound. You can task him with something and know that he's going to do it. We've talked about Chris and that regard a lot over the past year. Teams just don't value that the same way. So I do think that the Chiefs might be able to get a first for Chris Jones. I just don't think that it's going to be as high as some people are thinking that maybe it's going to be because DeForest Buckner got the 13th pick. Here's the thing about the DeForest Buckner to Indy trade is that was a Chris Ballard had the cap room and had the draft capital to just blow any other competition out of the water. I don't think that there was this massive bidding war. I don't think the Colts were started with, oh, hey, here's a second and something else. Like I think it was Buckner's available. He's very much a Chris Ballard type guy, both with his demeanor, his play on the field, his demeanor off the field, and the athletic profile. He is a picture-perfect Chris Ballard player. Chris Ballard said, I have two second-round picks. I am just going to go up here and offer my first-round pick for DeForest Buckner and pay him essentially whatever he wants below Aaron Donald money and make it happen. And that makes the optics of what's going on with Chris Jones come to light a little bit more because from our view, he should be worth more than Buckner. He should get traded for more than Buckner, so on and so forth. But what if Buckner really didn't reset the value of the defensive tackle position? Like, it Just because Chris Ballard made that trade doesn't mean that every defensive tackle of that caliber is going to get traded for a high for, or an early first-round pick and that Chris Jones is going to get more than $21 million I think it was just a little bit of an outlier, and now it just makes it strange-looking optics from where the Chiefs sit. I'm with Craig. I think you jump on a first-round pick right now if your plan is to move on from him because if you're holding out for pick 14 or that kind of value, I think you're going to go into the draft with a player on the tag that very well may they, may not play on the tag. The funny thing is with Chris Jones, I think he's I'm, – I'm not sure he's not in that range where we all said we'd be more comfortable signing him back. I think – like it seemed like a pipe dream a year ago, but you know, we talked about that 17, 18 million dollars being more comfortable signing Chris Jones. 
We might be getting close to there. We'll see. We'll see what the market if, looks like. But if that's on the table, you sign that man immediately. Right. Which is, I think, basically what we've maintained the entire time. <laughs> so um, that that's something to monitor. That's definitely something to monitor there. I if The other side of it is you run the risk of Jadavian clowning him like the Texans did. Now, obviously, you don't have to make that trade. But if you hold on to a guy that's not going to play for you, because he's holding out for more money, eventually you're just going to have to move on from him or you're going to be throwing money down the drain and wasting it and you trade him for essentially nothing because everyone knows you're going to. Now, I don't think the Chiefs and Chris Jones are there at this point in time, but you keep going like this. Like I don't think any NFL team believes the Chiefs are going to play Chris Jones on the tag, nor do I think many people believe he's going to show up if he's on the tag. So what kind of leverage do you really have other than get stirring up a bidding war at this point in time? Kobe Perez asks, is there any chance that we can keep Bashad Breeland and Mike Pinnell while we keep Chris Jones? Absolutely. Absolutely. Big chance for that. I don't think Mike Pinnell is going to be, you know, breaking the bank for any reason. I, I think Bashad Breeland might make around the nine or $10 million range just based on seeing the rest of the cornerback contracts here. So yeah, they can afford those guys by moving on from LDT by either restructuring or moving on from Sammy Watkins. Those guys fit under the cap with Chris Jones still. Yeah, you can very easily make moves for Breland and Pinnell while keeping Chris Jones. It wouldn't even be that particularly difficult. I think my issue with coming from that is just you don't leave yourself any more draft capital or any more money to get better than you than the roster is from you're essentially returning a couple of the pieces from last year. Like you made no improvement on last year making those moves, but you can't afford to do them and it wouldn't be too much of a stretch at all. Jeff Pars asks, would you offer Chris Jones to the Dolphins for Xavier and Howard, Batty? So I would rather have draft capital right now. And it's not because Xavier Howard isn't great. He's just also very expensive. So he essentially replaces Chris Jones contract on your books. It's still going to be tight. But I do think adding a corner probably adds more value to this particular style of defense than Chris Jones does. That said, Xavier Howard does have some off-field stuff that I do believe which the the charges were dropped, but you have to look into it. I would make the trade. I would just very much try to get draft capital first and spend the money on multiple players rather than just one guy. I'm not going like for like on Chris Jones for Xavier Howard. Dolphins got to give me something back there if we're doing that because the Dolphins can then sign Chris Jones lock term structure it the way that they want to that fits in with their plan and the Chiefs have to take on Xavier Howard's contract on the structure that the Dolphins did so in that regard I'm going to need a sweetener a pot sweetener a mid-round pick or something like that to make that happen that does make the Chiefs better potentially because as we talked about Spagnuolo's defensive tackles we won't belabor the point but your secondary gets better it frees you up a little bit more at the top of the draft to do some stuff and you get to add a mid-round pick I'd uh, I would absolutely be looking to to acquire draft capital first because I want that flexibility. Part of the thing with Chris Jones is it's not just this year; it's the next five years. You got a hundred million dollars in cap space over the next five years. If you commit to Xavier Howard, you're going to have you know half that tied up. Uh, you know, you're gonna have fifty million dollars tied up over the next three years or something to that effect. And I would rather have some more flexibility and the draft capital to get young, cheap talent, and, you know, good talent, too. I mean, the, the, there's the good, they're going to get a good pick for Chris Jones. you got a better chance of hitting and developing one of those guys, uh, no doubt. So 
give yourself that flexibility if you get if you're going to trade Chris Jones, do it for draft capital and you know try to have some flexibility for not just this year. It's not this year you're worried about. It's 2021 when it gets wild if you have a big contract like Chris Jones on the books. Uh, okay, C Drift twenty four asks: Is there any market for Chris Jones? Tampa is in will, win now mode. Think he could get fourteen in a late pick one seventeen for him. Pick one seventeen. I don't know if they're going to get that much for him. Like I think we kind of maintain, but I, I've seen some people throw that around. I think we even threw that idea around. Like that one makes sense as a win now team. Maybe Chris Jones to Tampa, but uh, I'm still setting my expectations a little bit lower than that for the return on Chris Jones because of all the things we kind of laid out. If they're going to trade him, I don't think it's going to be for the 14th pick, but that is the place I would start. And as it makes sense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, because they are definitely in win now. Peter Kwiatkowski asks, what was the cause of Laurent Duvernay-Tardif's decline in performance in 2019, Maddie? I think LDT kind of leveled off last year. It was just kind of masked by an injury and had a little bit of time in between, so it was hard to say. But the thing with LDT is his technique was terrible when he got to the NFL, part of you know not a lot of experience, bad coaching. It was getting better, and you saw him improving. That's why he was given the contract, because you thought that progression was going to continue and because Dorsey likes contracts of his guys. But what happened was LDT kind of peaked at that point. Like Then he just kind of leveled off. And now last year was definitely his worst year. Playing next to a new center who wasn't near as good as what he's played with in the past. I think his lack of quality footwork, especially just the lack of consistent footwork, is catching up with him. I don't know if rep by, for rep he's particularly any worse. I just think he doesn't have somebody there next to him to kind of help account for what he's doing when he's messing up a little bit. And I think people are just paying a little bit more attention now because you have a quarterback that is not fragile, but a guy that you don't want to see get hit. Whereas before he was protecting for Alex Smith, whereas we never want to see him get hit. Alex Smith kind of brought it upon himself. Patrick Mahomes is good at avoiding pressure. Alex Smith kind of welcomed it. So if you have a bad play, it just doesn't get highlighted as much as it does now once you have the goat back there. All right. Uh, Teacher Sam asks, what made Jordan Lucas less successful under Steve Spagnuolo than, you know, the other guy we all gladly forgot about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That guy that we all gladly forgot about ran about three coverages all all year long. (laughs) No, it was more than that. He just didn't mix it up very often. Jordan Lucas was a deep guy and really a deep guy only, sometimes matched up against running backs. That's kind of where he was limited to. When Steve Spagnuolo came along, he started adding complexity. He started adding more routes for Lucas to have to read and play off of and everything like that from deep. And frankly, he struggled at that, starting with early in the preseason. We kind of got to see him not look like the same player because he was having to read and react to so much more as a deep safety rather than you know the stuff that Bob Sutton was having him doing there. So... In that regard, then all of a sudden you've got this rookie in Juan Thornhill that does it very well and has you know similar or better range and better ball skills, and it just made too much sense to play him over Jordan Lucas. And so I, I just don't think Lucas ever got that shake as a deep safety because it didn't fit his his skill set under Spagnolo, and they just had better players to do it. 
Yeah, the talent level changed drastically. And drastically. Drastically. And Ashbacker asks, will the lack of an off-season activities cause more players to enter camp out of shape? I think there's a chance of that, actually. I think this whole thing, I mean, what we're dealing with now is unprecedented. We're going to have to try to navigate through a lot of things differently now. Um, and this is definitely, like, I think the NFL is definitely going to have some things they're going to have to figure out, too. The teams with the continuity... Uh, I think are ultimately going to benefit from this whole situation. If the, you know, if you're trying to bring a bunch of pieces together, uh, it might be a little bit slower start for some of them with this season because there's going to be less OTAs. There's going to be, or there's going to be no OTAs most likely. Uh, you, you don't know if you're going to eat in the training camp either. So um, it's definitely uh, it's going to be wild. Uh, that is going to do it for the mailbag episode. We will be back on Wednesday with another episode of the AP Laboratory. We will catch you later.